Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? we got Kenny Harms this week on the podcast, and it's a lot of it about Live Golf, the transition going from the PGA Tour to Live Golf. Of course, the Masters announced uh, this week that they would accept Live Golfers who made it. And guess what? Kenny Harms and his player, current player, 14-plus years, Kevin Na were at 49th, so they barely squeaked in, so they are fired up about it, of course. But just a lot of discussion here. We get into kind of the bittersweet transition, what it's been like. And he's got some haters on social media initially when he became an ambassador for Golf Saudi. And then there's just been a lot of just kind of back and forth, and he's had to deal with a lot here over these months. So we'll get into Live Golf and, and what that's been like. A lot of good stories here, of course, with Kevin Na, uh, his player uh, from over the years, uh, some of his favorites there, then also Hubert. Green. He's looped for Hale Irwin, a couple major winners there, those last two. So so a lot of fun stuff we'll get into here with Kenny Harms on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, I am pleased to be joined by my next guest, Kenny Harms. 31 plus years of caddying in golf. Crazy to think that, but here he is, 14 plus years now with Kevin Na, his player. And uh, Kenny, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. Just uh, just got home and um, had some neighbors from the neighborhood that just moved in. Come on over and give me a, a box of treats, which was nice. Um, I've got my mom coming in tomorrow, which will be exciting. She's coming down from Alabama to spend a couple of days before Christmas and uh, drinking some red wine and talking to you. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go straight into it. You talk about red wine. On Instagram, you can follow Kenny on Instagram at kharms27. But on Instagram, you have what you call the wine wine ship Wednesdays. At least on the most recent videos, <laughs> at wine ship Wednesday. Is this a new thing? Is this an every week thing? What's going on? Well, actually, it's it's a. Uh, it, I was shocked because I promised myself I wasn't going to buy any more wine because I've been buying wine, especially because of COVID hit. It was like it was like the smorgasbord of all for buying wine because all the wineries in, my, in California were shut down. The only way they were going to sell stuff is on the internet and they were giving all these deals. And so I was in a rental house and it just, the boxes just kept on stacking up and I never really thought about it. And then <laughs> I go to move into my house and I've got this wine room that I built and, the, and I literally had no room. I filled everything up. So to the brim, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I literally, uh, Put an email out to all my buddies that I played gin with and poker with, and I literally said, "Hey, this is what I got the wine for. You're buying it at sixty to seventy percent off." I said, "So I wound up selling like thirty cases to my buddies. So I've now um, so when when that shipment came in, I was like, oh my god, I haven't done a wine opening in forever. So I'm like <laughs> Wednesday wine opening box day and." And it was a, a wine that a buddy of mine, it's like, it's their second year. They're, they're just, a, it's impossible to get on the list, but my friend's been on it since last year and he got me in on another one. 
and uh, these wines are just supposedly just amazing. So, but you know, like I said, it's going to be five, three to five years before I even open these up because they're just going to get better with age. Um, but I've got plenty of older wines that I drink, um, and then everyday drinking wines. But yeah, I've been collecting like high quality wines for like about 10 years now. Man, my goal was to get a thousand bottles of really collectible wine so that when I retired, I wouldn't have to buy any more expensive wine. So when COVID hit, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I started spending so much money. And I'm like, Kev, you need to play better, man. I need some more money. I need to buy some more wine. Well, it's funny, 31 plus years of, of pro caddying. Like, what do you think of when you think of that? Like, is that hard to fathom? Is that, you know, does it sound like too too much, too little? Um, well, uh, to be honest, I never thought I'd be a caddy in my life. Uh, just fell into it. And, you know, after I think it was the first year um, I wound up being in Australia, I was caddying on the LPGA and I was in Australia and I met Jan Stevenson there and I was actually going to, that was it. I was going to do one year, you know, and I, and I never looked at it as a profession. Uh, I looked at it as seeing the world, seeing the country, meeting great people. And then I was going to go back to being an assistant pro, you know, and being a head pro at a club and um, white manor country club, right? Yeah, White Manor Country Club in Philadelphia. That was my start. That's where we played uh, Westchester University. Westchester University played their college golf at practicing. I wasn't really very good at all, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was a wrestler my whole life. I was really good at wrestling. I was not good at golf. And then I got pretty good at golf once I, I graduated and then became an assistant pro. Then I started, you know, I practiced three or four hours a day, and I got to a plus one thinking, man, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to be the next great, you know, went down to Florida and everybody's shooting 65 and 64 and I'm struggling to shoot 73. So that was, (laughs) that was the end of that. And then I wound up meeting this guy that was caddying and went out and started caddying with him. And at the end of the year, I met Jan Stevenson in Australia and she asked me to work for the next year and got back and I talked to my dad and he's like, you're crazy. It's Jan Stevenson. You never know what it's. So that's how it all started. That's how I actually started thinking about my future and future in caddying. And really started focusing on, you know, being the best I could be. Um, and, you know, that's where it all started with Jan Stevenson. And, God, it was like four years later, I hadn't even won a golf tournament yet. You know, I, I had right. I was working for, didn't win. And then I actually wound up winning with um, my girlfriend at the time, Emily Klein. She went back to back, won in Boston by two, beat Kari Webb, and then, Blitz the field at the British Open by seven, beating Annika, Kari, and all those girls. But I, I had already committed to work for Hubert Green on the Champions Tour that yeah. followed that next that yeah that next year. So you know I gave somebody my word. So I went out with Hubert, and then Hubert turned into getting the job with Hale, and then eight years with Hale, and then you know here I am, fourteen years later, and it seems like it's been I don't know maybe seven or eight years. That's how t- fast time flies it's just crazy and and the experiences that i've had i mean you know it's a lot of people think golf is the greatest sport in the world and to me it's one of them um uh and i've been extremely blessed to be able to you know be in you know the skins games with arnold jack and gary and hale and, <laughs> right I mean, for hale just, irwin yeah yeah so you know we were, we were fortunate we played in like three or four of those i was actually going through when i was moving in here i had some I had a couple of um, signed uh, from all the players from 
that we were in the skins game. And so I didn't even realize I had them. I just totally forgot. It's been right. so long. It just showed you how old I am and how long I've been catting it. But yeah, the experience has been amazing. I mean, so, just truly amazing. So think about that. You would have been in skins game caddying in for Hale or when you had, like you said, Jack, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer. Is there a memory from those three or four senior skins games that comes to mind that just is like, wow, like I was with those big three or maybe mm. one of them hit a shot or, or there was just something that really was, was just memorable. Just crazy to think you were there. I mean, just to be in that company of, of, of you know, three of the greatest. I mean, those three guys are in the top 10 all time in golf. You think about Arnold Palmer. Jack Nicholson, and Gary Player, all three of them are in the top 10. And here I am with arguably one of the guys that's probably, in my opinion, probably in the top 20 all time in Hale Irwin with what he accomplished, <laughs> three U.S. Opens, 21, 20 PGA tournaments, uh, 45 uh, Champions Tours, and then, you know, all the other tournaments he won all around the world, Ryder Cups and everything else. So, um yeah, I mean, it's just you're in awe. You just fortunate that it, you know, I had a lot of experience going into it, so I wasn't like that nervous being around them. Uh, and we got to play with Arnold a couple times when when Hubert turned fifty, um, which which comes into one of the greatest. So we were we were playing, and it was on the first hole. Hubert missed a green. Arnold missed a green. Arnold chipped it to about ten feet. Yeah. And, and Hubert, Hubert had it chipped it to about 12 feet and Hubert makes it. He turns around and he says, knock it in King. And Arnold goes back like this. He looks at him. He says, don't ever say that to me again. That puts too much pressure on me. And I'm like, anyway, so this is one of the greatest players of all time. And he's going to have pressure on a 10 foot putt on the first hole on the first hole. And so, Anyway, the little stuff like that, you know, it's, you know, the, you can see the competitiveness in him and that's probably why he was so great. And, you know, you look at all those, those four players, you know, none of them like losing none of them. And that's why they were so good, you know, to me, uh, funny story. I was talking to Hubert one day and we were, it was actually, I think that day when we were playing around and he goes, you know, okay, you know why they call him the King, don't you? I'm like, well, he's probably the king of the people, right? He goes, no. He says, it's the funniest thing. He says, when I first came out on tour, you know, I went in the shower and I came out. And I walk out and there's Arnold. And he's got his robe on one leg with his <laughs> hanging out. And he goes, that's why they call him the king. <laughs> of course. He goes, he goes. He let everybody knew that he was the king in more ways than one. So, um, again, and not getting into details, but we're talking about a male anatomy part of him, which was uh, Hebrew. <laughs> like, he's never seen anybody like that in his life, in his lifetime. But uh, it was kind of a little comical at the time that not many people would know. But uh, that's where Hubert told me that's where he got the name the king because he, he was literally – he controlled the locker room. Right. The alpha. Um, yes. it, it's it's funny when I think about uh, Hubert Green, you had a moment kind of, I think, with him for six years. And then then from there went on with, with Hale Irwin. But that yeah. transition was a little bit funky because you knew like, oh, man, Hale's asking me to 
to join him now. How am I going to make? How am I going to massage this? I got I got to break it to Hubert. Tell us how how that happened. So yeah, so I got a phone call actually from from um, Hale's uh, caddy at the time, John Sullivan. He's like, hey. Hey, Kenny, what's up? You know, we were friends. We go out, you know, maybe once or twice a year, dinner or something. And he's like, uh, he says, uh, hey, do you uh, do you want a caddy for for hell? And I'm like, do I want a caddy for hell? I said, like, Hubert plays every week. I'm not going to be able to caddy for him for a week. He says, no, 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 no. He goes, we've been talking about it. I'm going to probably, I'm going to take a year off. And we've been thinking about, where who could help him the most and with your green reading they we figured that you'd be the perfect person i'm like well i said is it guaranteed for a year and he's like yeah it's guaranteed for a year so i'm like all right I, so hale calls me the next day we talk about it i said listen <laughs> you know honestly hale i says you're not playing the first two events i says i'm not going to call up hubert hubert's been like a dear friend of mine i need to do this face to face I'm like, I got to do this face to face. You're not playing the first two events. So I'll work from the first two events. Let me talk to him. So Tuesday night of the Key Biscayne, Hale calls me and he goes, all right, so what's the story? I said, I'll talk to him tomorrow. I promise. I, I couldn't talk <laughs> to him. I'm like, I, no, yeah, like, it's I'm tough. Like, I, I just, you know, so he was what? literally, he had one foot the next day, one foot in the locker room, going in the locker room. I finally like, Hubert, he looks around, he looks at me and he goes, he says, can I talk to you for a second? And he goes, oh, he said, what's wrong? He says, I got a, I got a problem. He says, Kenny, what's your problem? He says, well, Hale Irwin called me up and offered me the job. He says, Kenny, you don't take the job, you're fired. Straight I'm up. Like, what? <laughs> he goes, you're going to make twice the amount of money. I said, you're going to be getting married. I said, you're going to be having a family. You need to take the job. I says, but I'm not going to hire anybody for two months because I don't know if you're even going to like working for the guy. He says, so you find me somebody for, for two months because I don't know if you're going to be able to caddy like you caddy for me. Because I pulled at clubs. I pulled, I read every green and, you know, and Hale is, you know, <laughs> Hale is Hale. You know, he, he, when he wants your input, he's going to ask it. You just can't give it. Um, okay. So literally after two months and, you know, winning every third event and finishing top five and all the other ones, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, here we're up. I, I, so I found him a caddy and, um, and then it was, you know, eight great years of, of hell and, uh, tons of wins and in contention. Like, I mean, God, the first year, so I didn't get him until he was 45. His, his, the second year I worked for him, I think he had one tournament. He finished outside the top 10 in three tournaments. He finished outside the top five. I mean, it's just every wild. single every single week we're in contention to win. I mean, he's just 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 the most amazing player, you know, ball striker, so consistent. And every year at the beginning of the year, I'd say, "Okay, hell, can I say something?" If I, you know, he says, "No, I don't want your opinion. I'll ask for it." And that's oh, that's wow. what it was, you know. So here we are, fourteen years later, with with you know Kevin Nan. So I've gone six years, eight years, 14 years with the last three players. And I've always been a very loyal person. You know, I've never, I've never, um, we've never I've been never, fired. I've, well, I've never been fired. Uh, knock on, yeah. Knock <laughs> on wood. You never know what's right <laughs> around the corner. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty fortunate to have, you know, pretty strong minded players that, you know, they were, you know, they, hey, if, you, if I made a mistake, um, I, 
I got, I'll take all the blame in the world, you know, but I've got players that really are, you know, when they when I hit bad shots, they're not going to turn around and blame me because I'll give it right back to them. Um, but if I do something wrong, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to let them know that I did something wrong. And, um, but yeah, I've been pretty, pretty fortunate. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, doing something wrong, I mean, your word versus Kevin's word, think about 2018 and, and Fort Worth. And, and there he was, uh, he tried to talk him off the, that he was trying to hit a longer shot into that green. He got water shorts, dead, rights dead. I mean, kind of paint that picture of what that, uh, chat was like back and forth with Kevin. Hmm. Yeah, we had a really bad drive. Three went into the right trees, got down there. It's in this Bermuda stuff. So you, you got no chance of controlling the distance. You can't you can't control it. You can't control the shot. You can't do anything because nine times out of ten, it's going to come straight out of there and fly <laughs> forever. When it hits the green, it's not stopping. Over the green's dead. Like you said, a water short. Right, there's a cart path. Left, there's a bunker. And then it's surrounded by bleachers. So at first, when I first got up there, the, the TV hadn't got there yet. So I'm, I, I just gave them the number of the layup. I wouldn't even give them the front number. I said, because it's a layup. Not I mean, on the radar. <laughs> you, you're, there's nowhere. You can hit the perfect shot, and you're not going to hit it on the green. And over the green's dead, and there's water in front. So he pulls out like four iron. And he goes, you like this? I'm like, no, I don't like that either. So then he puts the four iron back and he, and he, and he grabs a three hybrid. And it's like, going long, baby. It's yeah, but long is dead. And that's why he goes, it ain't going long. And I'm like, Kevin, he goes, you like this? I said, no, I don't like either one of them. He says, well, I'm hitting it. I'm like, he goes, yeah, he kept on saying you like it. And I didn't answer him. He goes, I'm not going to say yes. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. No I affirmation. There is nothing good. That's going to come out of this shot. And he hits a shot and, TV had no idea where it went. I had no idea. I mean, I knew it. It flew. So I'm thinking it's over the green, but we don't know where it's at. We have no idea. It's up in the bleachers. It caught the last railing of the bleachers and came straight down. What are the odds? Well, because if it literally flies three inches further, he's probably OB or in the bushes over the green because the first tee is right there. So then we call an official over, and now he gets equidistance. He's got to keep the same distance between where his ball is and the flag. Now he, he can't go right. He's got to go left. So now he's got to go way left over by where the bunker is, left of the bunker, and it takes a drop there. And he gets up, you know, he looks at his shot, and he, and he literally he calls me over. The last second, he goes left edge of the uh, grandstands. I'm like, like no, I said, Kevin, this thing's going to break a fortune. There's a fat guy in a blue shirt. It's the left edge of him. He goes, are you sure? I said, you can't hit it high enough. Because it's, <laughs> I mean, right before the hole, there's another slope like this and then another plateau. And he hits this shot. He holds it, of course. Yep, it makes three. In. And he says, I told you so. And I'm just shaking my head. And I'm like, this guy's done. He's done it more than once, though. That's the funny thing is every time he does it, he he chips it in. He he knocks in something. I mean, it's just he's done it like three times where he's made birdie absolutely dead, and just you know he's got the most amazing short game. So, yeah, he chips it in, and then you know the whole thing. The thing went viral, and there's probably a million showing on YouTube right now of it. And um, and then of course they had to get the both of us out there, and you know I'm 
well, we all knew it where it went, but we actually didn't. We didn't realize. We didn't know. Nobody knew where the ball went. So everybody thought that he was just hit it left to the green and was chipping from there. They didn't know that he flew the green and it was in the bleachers. So, you know, when everybody talks about it, everybody thinks that, oh, yeah, he hit it in the perfect shot and he, you know, <laughs> but it is what it is. I'm just glad he chipped it in and made birdie, to be honest, because that made me more money. We didn't win the golf tournament, but we were, we were, we were leading. And that's the whole thing is we had the lead going into that hole and that was our last hole and i'm just thinking make four you got the greatest yeah. short game in the world the greatest wedge player in the end we're gonna have about a five or ten footer you know and of course you know he shipped it in so obviously it was the right decision <laughs> yeah well it's funny and, and, and we think about kevin your dynamics with him and going back 14 plus years i actually emailed him about this and, and and asked him you know what should i ask you or or what about your relationship and he said you guys are family Bottom line, you guys are family. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, uh, there must be a story because you've mentioned in podcasts in the past that he doesn't travel well. <laughs> okay. So I'm giving you an opportunity with your family member to to, to to paint a picture and joke something where where maybe he got sick or maybe there was a situation in travel where it's like, oh my God, did Kevin really do that? Like this really happened. What what might come to mind in that regard? Is there? I mean, think about the travel over the last fourteen years. Is there anything wild there? Well, I mean, um, unfortunately, he, he he was actually we went to Bangkok and he was really good. He got in there nice and early, so he had adjusted. Yeah, you know, so he was adjusted come tournament time. This is and on live, right? This is just a couple months ago. Live. Yeah, this yep. is the last. Just just you know, just uh, was it two and a half, you know, three months ago. Uh, third to last term of the year, we went to um, Bangkok and then uh, to uh, Saudi and then uh, a couple of weeks off. And then Miami was the last event. And um, so he, you know, he got there early. He was adjusted. He comes right out of the box. You know, he hadn't played great all year. Um, we had two top tens, I believe. Um, and he, he's had a rib injury the whole year. People don't know that. Uh, but he's had it's just a you know it, it's hard for him to, to swing a golf club but he was feeling good we're in fourth place after the first day and he 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 got some i mean violent virus just throwing up they had to put uh bags of iv in him um the doctor he came out on sunday and doctor's like you can't you shouldn't play and he says put the put the IV in me Oof. let's load it up and let's give it a shot you know and you know we wind up shooting one over we wind up going from fourth to 20th but I mean this is that's bad luck you know and yeah. then and then we're there for like three days and, and Tuesday night we talk and and he's like yeah I'm not feeling good we'll probably fly home on Thursday he wakes up Wednesday and he's like I'm kind of feeling pretty good you know uh, I said, maybe we're going to fly to Jeddah tonight. I'm like, <laughs> there's no way you're playing. It's 98 degrees, hundred percent humidity there. There's no way. So we get over there. He gets more fluids on Thursday, rest all day Thursday. Didn't play in the pro-am. We get out there on Friday and we're pretty lucky. It was a little overcast and had the umbrella on him the whole time. And he got actually, he went up shooting, I think one over par, which obviously wasn't very good, but um you know he made it through that day and and then the next day he came out and he said he felt pretty good but about seven yeah. holes later it he got hit got hit a brick wall um 
played two more holes and that was the end of it. But uh, that was the unfortunate part. But there's been times like where before he was engaged and stuff, he would literally, I would have him stay at my house in Orlando if we had an East Coast tournament. I said, don't even go home. Just come to Lake Nona. We'll practice here. <laughs> you can go to the gym. You got a golf cart. You got everything. We don't need to do deal with three days of jet lag because you're going back and forth from the West Coast. And every time the following week, we would be wherever we're playing East Coast, top 10 every time. Every time. If he would go home and then come back, it was like 30th or 40th or 50th. He just doesn't, he doesn't adjust well. Um, so we've been doing a really a lot better job with getting to tournaments earlier uh, to prepare for them. Like Augusta, we've been getting in on Saturdays. I mean, we finished, I think, 12th, 12th, and like 13th the last three tournaments there. Um, last year, he was number one in greens at regulation. The year before that, he was number two in regulation, which which is for a short hitter, that's pretty hard to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was the first in 2000, two years ago, he hit all 18 greens on Thursday. That was the first time it was done since 2009. Ooh. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. Yeah. Well, speaking of Augusta National, the announcement came out today that live golfers are allowed to play. I got to imagine you're fired up, Kevin, the same way you're drinking to it with your wine. Mm -hmm. what, what was the what was the initial reaction uh, for both of you guys as you talked about? It? I mean, you guys must have been like celebrating there, ex excited, knowing that you played so well recently. Yeah. So, he, um you know, honestly, I, I didn't think any of the majors were going to change. I don't think, you know, I, I know all the majors, they want their best players playing in there. And, you know, there's, there's, the live field is pretty strong. I mean, we got 16 guys playing in, in the Masters. Uh, we should have more than that. But unfortunately, right now, we don't have a ranking point. So a couple of guys fell out. All part of the deal. We know the deal. It's going it, to, we'll get, we're going to get the world ranking points. It'll all work out. We're going to get TV. Everything's going to be fine. But I always said that I said there's no way any of the majors are going to say 15 of the best players in the world. You're not going to play our tournament. There's no way. The Masters, what's their slogan? A tradition like no other. Right. They're not changing that. Champions I, dinner, champions. Yep. Everything. And I and I, everybody was like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I got so much crap from everybody that hates live. I mean, you know, that's that's fine. You can do whatever you want. We all have our own opinions. This is free country. It's free speech. I believe it all. And I, you know, I would literally like answer even the, the, the negative people, the people that attack me. I mean, I, I just say, hey, just just give it a chance. Just give it. Oh, just give it a chance. It's it's not a threat. There's 14 tournaments this year on Live. There's 48 or 49 on the PGA Tour. Both tours are going to do just fine. But you know, obviously, yes, it was huge because you just you know. Deep down inside, I was like 99.9% .9 positive that the, the Masters, the PGA, uh, the Open Championship, and um, the U.S. Open were, were not going to do anything. You know, if, if you if you got in through their criteria, you're going to be able to play. And it, it's, it makes sense. I mean, you, you're not going to tell Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, you know, Brooks Kepka, um, uh Louis, Louis, thankfully, he got the last spot. That was huge. That's right, top 50. Um, yeah. yeah, top 50. We were 49th. Um, we were sweating yeah. it. Um, you know, we would have, we would have, you know, if, if Kevin's rib was was better, you know, we were thinking about going there. 
um, because it's a big thing to get in the Masters. It's, you know, arguably, you know, most people's favorite golf tournament in the world. Um, and, you know, we've had a lot of success there. So it's big. I mean, it's, yeah, we, he sent me, he sent me the, the thing is I was with my parents. So I wasn't looking at social media at the time. He sent me a text message. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I actually think I said, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We all knew that was going to happen, but you know, there's always that chance, but I mean, just, you know, they, they, I, I, I they did the right thing. You know, there's, there's a lot of haters out there and, but uh, it is what it is. And, you know, you got, you got, 88 players are going to be in the masters this year or 90 or whatever that number is. Uh, and there's going to be at least 16 live guys there. And, you know, hopefully we play really well uh, because we are pretty, pretty much a big family right now. And for, you know, fortunately, you know, it's been that way since day one, it's kind of like something that's bizarre. Like everybody roots for everybody. Everybody's happy for everybody. It's just, it's, it's like, it's, it's amazing. It really yeah. is. I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'm that way, but it, like literally the first tournament, I've never had a conversation with Dustin Johnson in my life. And he literally sitting next to me at, at lunch and he just starts, you know, he just starts talking with me. And for 30 minutes, I'm talking to Dustin Johnson. And, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know if it's, you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. You know, Brooks Kepka, I mean, you know, great guy. You know, we get to know all these people because we're together all the time. The caddies are with the players. The caddies are at the the, the uh, pro-am denny's and all the parties. We're at everything. We aren't eliminated. For, we're not pushed out the door. You know, we're part of it. We're part of this big family. We're part of the process of making this thing successful, um, which and is how, cool. You know, how does that differ from the way it's set up on the PGA Tour and access well, that you have? I mean, let's face it. You know, the PGA Tour has come a long way with caddies in the last 30 years since I've been caddying. Um, and I give them a lot of credit. I give, you know, everybody there a lot of credit for what they've done, but live golf is just, we're, we're treated like players. We're treated almost better than the players on the PGA tour. You think about it. All of our expenses are paid. Well, expenses, the players on the PGA tour aren't paid, but ours are. So it's there. We eat with now, now granted there's 48 players and there's a lot more players on the PGA tour, but they have limited fields as well. So, right. you know, sometimes there's enough room for everybody. And every once in a while, the caddies will be with the players. So, you know, um, and I'm not going to ever say anything bad about the PJ Tour because, you know what, I ain't got nothing to sit bad to say about it. You know, there are things that I didn't agree with with the PJ Tour. And, uh, you know, obviously I was part of a huge lawsuit against them. But, you know, they had to do their corporate America. Whether you like it or not, they're going to do what they have to do. Um, there's a bottom line. I get that. Uh, but it is a nonprofit organization as well. So, uh, you're not, you don't have stockholders you have to take care of. Uh, you, yeah. your family is your family and the caddies should have always been part of that family. You know, that, I think that's the big differences is that when I stepped out on the PGA tour, um, 27 years ago, whatever it was, um, you know, we were, we were, push to the side i mean i could i remember you barely ever saw a caddy on tv you know now you know bones fluff greller all these guys are household names yes. because they finally if there's another story to be told you know there's there's more 
when you have more things to talk about, you're going to bring more excitement to the game. And to me, I, I think probably one of the greatest things on TV is listening to the conversations between the player and the caddy. I would, I mean, yeah. I don't want to buy shots. I want to see who made the decision when that ball goes over the green or comes short in the water. That's what I want to see. It's raw. It's see, real. I see that. You know, it's like the conversation between me and Kevin. That thing went viral. You know, that's what people <laughs> want to see. But they do. They want to see it. They want to see why, why did those, why did they, how did they come up with that decision? You know, especially when we make a mistake, you know, or, you know, caddy, caddy player, player wants to hit one club and the caddy wants to hit the other club. And, you know, maybe the caddy was wrong or the player was wrong. But we as, as, as spectators, we want to see that. To me, there's that, that, if I was a producer on golf, I would be showing the caddy and the player and the conversations to how they got to that more than, you know, showing 15 more shots of some guy that's not even competition. You know, they're not even, I mean, they're in a competition, but they're not in, in, um, in range of, of winning a golf tournament. Um, so, you know, I, we've, we've come a long way in the game of golf, but, you know, we can always, we can always improve. And I think that, you know, because of where live is and, and literally just, they just knocked it right out of the park, right from the first day. I mean, every single week they, we have questionnaires where we fill out, what can we do better? What can we do better? And if we ever need anything, it's done. I've never had said, let me, let me get back to you. Let me get back to you. That's all I heard on the PGA tour. Let me get back to you. We'll get that done for you. Hmm. And totally you also thing. said a yeah, totally different dynamic, but, but, but also you said in the beginning of this conversation that you felt like you're kind of pushed off to the side kind of in those early oh, four days. Well, you were, you didn't even have a tent back when I first started canning. You got a coupon to go to the, uh, the uh, concession stand. And sometimes you didn't even get, you didn't even get that, you know? So we've gone from, we've gone from the concession stand, which was, Hey, I get it. I'm not complaining. That's the way it was. The problem is, is you, you now you've got these kids that are started caddying now. And to, I mean, it's pretty amazing. You've got breakfast, you've got lunch, you've got maybe snacks. When you get done, you've got a tent. Sometimes you're in the locker room. Sometimes you're not, you know, sometimes you get an airline ticket, maybe somewhere, or maybe a free hotel room once or twice a year, you know, that's every week with us. Um, and, you know, um, you know, so the PJ tour has come a long way. I mean, it's, you know, they're striving. It's like we played with Jay Monahan in the, uh, in the Genesis pro-am at um, Riviera, at, at Riviera uh, in February of last year. And, you know, we're coming up the 18th hole and he says, Hey, Kenny, he goes, is there anything we can do better? You know, what do you think? And I'm like, I told him, I said, you know, <laughs> I said, you know what? You guys have come a long way. I says, but, you know, there's there's still no um, there's still no retirement. You know, we, we fuel our own retirement. You know, the, the players are are they have their own. They have a retirement with PJ Tours. But it's one of the best in the world. But the caddies have nothing. The caddies, the caddies get the stipend, which was zero, but then it became $2,000. And then finally it was $2,000 for like 15 years. And then when the lawsuit came in and we had one more appeal, we said to them, we're not going to, we're not going to appeal again. I said, let's sit down and figure this out. And then they came with, they came to us and they said, we're going to give you $7,500 a year, which is huge. 
because it covers probably 50% of the caddies, you know, with obviously raising. So supposedly they're raising it this year. Um, I don't know if the number's from 7,500 to 9,000 or what the number exactly is, but they're raising it again. So, um, which is, which is big. It, it, unfortunately, you know, for a family of four, everybody knows it's about 20 grand a year. So I, you know, I'd love to see them, you know, be more family oriented and take care of the caddies that actually have families and stuff like that, because it's, it's expensive. I mean, especially traveling nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I fly, I fly overseas. It's business class. If I fly uh, continental, it's, uh, you know, they pick up um, economy, which I, which uh, economy plus. So I, you know, upgrade it uh, after seats, but um, you know, we're staying in, you know, nice hotels every week. Um, you know, uh, we're at, obviously we were at Trump, uh, Doral, we're staying there. We were at, uh, Bedminster. We stayed at a different hotel, but I think our hotel was actually nicer than the players. <laughs> oh, wow. Is it, how, how is it that was, possible? Can you uh, the possible? I, 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 you know, it was an amenity thing. Um, our hotel was like brand new and theirs was an old Marriott. We were in like a brand new AC Marriott. And then the same thing happened in Portland. Our hotel room was like, like 15 minutes away. They were downtown and you don't want to be downtown Portland. I mean, you just don't want to be there. Trust me. I drove around and it was, it's, it's, it's insanity. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely insanity, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a couple, couple times this year where we had a nicer hotel room than the players did. <laughs> That that's wild. Well, well, what about access? Like, I I know when I when I texted you a couple months ago, three four months ago when Liv was new, you're talking about access to the clubhouse at all times was oh, yeah, it, yeah. was we, a big deal. So so how does it compare to PGA Tour? Well, you know, honestly, that's where I was I was getting into it. It's easy when you have 48 players and you have 48 caddies to have enough room. For everybody, you know, we, we most of the times if we weren't in the same locker room, then we had we had the ladies locker room and they were in the PGA locker room. But everybody's hanging out in the PGA Tour locker room. You know, all the physio guys were there and, you know, they take care of us as well. They the physios there's there's three physios there every week. They take care of we have full treatment. Um, anything that's wrong. I actually became best friends with three of them. I mean, we literally <laughs> we go out. I take them out for pizza. We do pizza reviews, the whole thing. Uh, we've had, we have like such a great, you know, it, it, everybody is, everybody's part of the deal. Like, you know, it's like, I, I went and I'm like, Hey, is there any way that, you know, we can get um, the physio guys into, you know, one of the pro-am parties? He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We should definitely do that. And next week they were in one, you know, and that's <laughs> just, I mean, it's like, you know, it's so refreshing, but you know, it's like I say, it's easy to do if you only have 48 players and 48 caddies. It's hard to do if you have a 156 man field and then 156 man. You're not going to have. You're not going to be able to accommodate all those caddies and players in a locker room, you know. So the PGA Tour actually did give access finally to the caddies on the PGA Tour this last year, which is nice. They can't they they can't stay in there, but they can go in and, and grab something from the locker and then and go where, you know, because you can't have 156 because let's, let's face it. Some of the guys players don't want their caddies in there. Um, yeah. And then there's some guys that, that do on the peach on, on live. It, everybody's, everybody's smiling. 
Everybody's happy. <laughs> you might, you know, you get done and it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's like the hero challenge. You know, I just finished 22nd and I just made $150,000, you know, those are the events, you know, that, that the players always wanted, you know, the players don't want 156 man fields playing at, you know, whatever tournament they're at. They, they want, they've always wanted limited fields in the PGA tour. The best players always wanted, you know, the, the top players with, 48 or 52. Now, don't get me wrong. When it gets to a major, everybody wants the bigger and the best and everybody. It's a totally different animal, right? But, you know, you look at all the tournaments, like all the world championships that we used to have. We did the four world championships. There's one now. WGCs, yeah. Yeah, there's only one. There's there's the, the match play, which, you know, is it, it's not, it, it can't be considered a world championship anymore if, if the live guys can't go and they're in, their, in the top one, the, t- the top 64. So you can't that's, – that's not a world champion. You can't call it a world championship anymore. So it's going to be interesting yeah, to see what they do with that. If, if these guys – because they're saying they're not going to be able to play. So it's not a world championship if you don't have the best players there. If you have 16 guys that are in the top 64 next year, when it comes down to that tournament, you're going to tell them that they can't play? What do you oh. – It's a tough – yeah, tough combo. It's not a world championship then. It's a PGA tournament. They, they, they can set the rules for now. We'll see what happens in 2024, um, what the course decide. But as of now, you know, the players are banned. But you can't call it a world championship if the best players aren't there. And they're exempt yeah. to be played in it. It doesn't live up to the title. Right. And, you know, and there's a lot of sponsors that aren't very happy either that, you know, the PGA Tour is saying that, you know, Dustin Johnson and, and Wayne Gretzky aren't going to be at Pebble Beach, you know. There's a lot of unhappy sponsors, um, and they won't admit it. I guarantee they won't, but I know it for a fact. I mean, look at we're playing in Mexico this year. Mexico got dropped. They dropped it because they couldn't have any of their players there. So now we're our second live event is going, or actually our oh. our first live event is going to be in Mexico, the Mayacoba Resort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're done. As far as I, my understanding is they're done. They're not going back there. Maybe they are going back there. But I, I, I don't think that any of the, the, the other tournament that's in Mexico and um, where, where is it? Uh, on the oh, West Coast. Is it El Camelon or something? I don't know. What, what am I something thinking? like that. Some new yeah. venue. Um, I don't think they're very happy either that, you know, Abraham Anser and, and Carlos Ortiz aren't in the fields. So, you know, especially when you go overseas like that, it's going to be very difficult. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's like – it's like, come on, let's just get together, sort this thing out, and and be done with it. It's not good for the game of golf. Yeah, and know? how how do you how do you see that going though over these next year or two? Like, is how how will that work itself out? You think if it well, can't, you know, the two the the you gotta you have you have one one group that wants to talk, and you have one group that doesn't want to talk. You know, and and I see both sides of it, and I, and I do. I see both sides of it. We're gonna let we're gonna if if they don't come together and work this out, then we're gonna we're just gonna go to the courts in twenty twenty four, and you know the courts are gonna make the decision, and then we're gonna all abide by it. Um, and but I don't think it's good for the game of golf, but it is what it is. You know, it's 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 I I you know I I, I it's. It's frustrating. 
you know, it's, it's frustrating to me. Um, you know, Kevin, Kevin made this decision for numerous reasons. Uh, and obviously money is a huge part of it, but his family is a huge part of it also. Three and kids, people don't, yeah. people don't realize, okay, yeah, let's, 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 let's not even, let's look at the statistics of professional athletes that have been divorced. Wow. Look at those statistics. <laughs> and then who gets, who gets the children? Who gets yeah. the children? All, the, mom the person that raised always, them. Yeah. Yeah. The mother's going to get the children because the mother's been at home taking care of them. So, you know, when you have the opportunity to, to do something where you're going to be at home, whether it's 25% more or 40% more or 50% more, you know, when you have a third child and, and you know, the family, family comes first at that point, especially at Kevin's stage in his life, you know, family is number one. Um, and, you know, I, I shouldn't speak for him, but him being like my brother, you know, I, I think I can talk for him and, and family comes number one. You know, and then we talked about it. We talked about it long and hard. You know, it was a tough decision. I mean, you know, it's a startup, but, you know, it was I, – I, I personally think it was the right decision. I'd make the decision over and over and over and over again. Um, it was the right, right decision for him. Well, tough so, decision. Tough decision in the sense of what that that you're giving up on on all these venues that you love and, and the history, the fr- you know the friendships with with other people you had. Right. Like you, you don't have that access like you used to. Or well, I don't think you're giving up the friendship unless uh, unless there to me that's not a real friendship. If if somebody making the best decision for their family and themselves, if another person has one of their best friends has a problem with that, then they're not a real friend. You know, this, this, the crap that I've seen right. with 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 couples and, and, and you know, him, couples and Mickelson used to be best friends. Now, couples won't even talk to him. I mean, you're obviously weren't that good of friends, if that's the case. So, you know, you can count your best friends really on one hand if you're lucky. You got five go-to people. Uh, and, you know, I look at every single person that made that decision. Was, you know, that's, they, they made that decision for them and their family. Now, if they were single, then that's a different situation. But most of the guys on the tour are, are married and have kids. And there's a couple of single ones, but most of them, you know, have families, you know. And, and, you know, when you look at those statistics, when it comes to divorces and stuff like that, people aren't talking about that. That's one of the things I looked at. You know, I'm single. I, I was married, don't have any children. So, you know, it was easy for me. Um, because you know, I just got to spend a month with my dad. Yeah, if I was on the Ernie. tour. I wouldn't have been able to do that. And, and, you know, and he's, he's, yeah. 80, he's 87 years old. You know, I, I get to spend more time with my nephew. I get to spend more time with my stepmom and my mom and and her husband, Doug, and you know, and my friends. And to me, it's like, all right, I've been you know doing this for 32 years now, and you know, do I do I want to caddy 28 events a year? Not many, not, not long. No, but if right. I'm only caddying, if I'm only caddying in like 16 or 17 events, you know, then it, you know, the wear and tear on the body and the travel and everybody thinks, Oh yeah, you, you're in great shape. I said, yeah, I'm in great shape. I got three bulging discs and one disintegrated disc. So I've been rehabbing for almost a year and a half now. I have no pain. I'm in, you know, I feel great. But the wear and tear on the body and then getting on planes and going on planes for 20 something hours to Dubai and then flying down to Jeddah and, 
you know, you're away from your home. And, you know, so it was really enticing to me, you know, and then guaranteed purses. So, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're, you're just spending all that live money and this and that. I'm like, uh, I had a lot of money. I had, trust me, I had a lot more money, a lot of money before I went on to live. It was only a year. And let me tell you something. I made a lot more money last year than I made this year. You know, Kevin finished third in the FedEx. He got a $4 million bonus. And, you know, he made almost $8 million on the golf course. You know, this year we wow. made three because he was hurt. And But but if he probably wouldn't have made that money if he was hurt on the PGA Tour. And then, then again, maybe, maybe it would have been different. Maybe he might have made more. Who knows? The thing is, is that, you know, I looked at it as this, this year, we played in a lot of events that were not – the venues were not that good for Kevin. They're really long bomber golf courses, you know, where if we were playing on the PGA tour, we wouldn't have played those golf courses. Yeah. Unless it was, unless the majors, we wouldn't have gone to them. We would have gone to the, you know, the green briars, the colonials, you know, Vegas, Vegas and, and stuff like that. You know, the tr more traditional golf courses, but this year coming up now we've got like nine or 10 great golf courses for us. So, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, you got Mayakoba. We finished fifth at. We got Greenbrier. We won at. Uh, we've got Val Valderrama, old school traditional golf course. Supposedly, the golf course in Australia is amazing. Golf course in um, Singapore. The following week is great. I don't know anything about Tucson. Um, don't know anything about Trump DC. Um, Doral match place. So it really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you look at the venues and you go, "This is going to be a good year." You know, we've got a lot more golf courses we're going to have a chance of winning at. You know, if we get healthy, you know, we could, you know, we run the tables. And all of a sudden, you go from, you're looking at the PJ Tour, if you had a great year, you're making three or four million. You go on the Live Tour, you're one or two wins, and you're making eight, nine, ten million dollars. And you're only playing That's... in half the events. And then if you get in some of the majors, that okay, you could probably, if Kevin gets in all four majors this year, There'll be 18, it'll be 19, it'll be 20 events because he's got to play in the Saudi Invitational, the first one, because he's a, it's part of his deal with Golf Saudi. We're both, in, we're both ambassadors. Uh, and then they're probably going to have a tournament on the Asian tour that Kevin's going to be um, the ambassador for this for the Asian tour in Korea. I don't know if that's going to happen this year or not, but if it does, then he'll do that as well. Well, it's interesting. You were talking about different venues coming up for this year. And I, I'm curious, like with the with the team aspect of it, like, is there a lot of strategy that goes involved with this? You know what I mean? Like, is this different? This is not what you're used to having teams almost every week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, um, you know, there's obviously there's some teams that are already set. Um, we are we are building a team and uh, we really right now have Siwon Kim and and Kevin. We've got two guys. Um, so we don't know who our third and fourth guy are yet. Um, I think there's – I want to say there's either six, seven, or eight spots open for players for next year. Uh, but really they're focusing on the schedule right now, TV, world ranking points. Um, so they're really going about that. So I haven't heard any rumors about any any players going. So, you know, I know that we're hoping to have an all-Korean team. Um, probably not going to happen this year, obviously, uh, or next year at 2023, but hopefully maybe by 2024, hopefully we have at least three guys next year. Uh, if yeah. we can get one player, I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be somebody from the Asian tour, the Korean tour, the PGA tour, European tour. 
I, I don't know who that's going to be, but, you know, hopefully we're going to build, you know, the South Korean team and, um, you know, it's probably going to take a year or two. So, you know, obviously there's going to be teams that are really stacked um, and we all knew who they were this year. They, they finished pretty much first, second and third. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's something that to me that that's the most exciting part about this is the team formula. I think that I wish that that Miami was on TV because it was amazing. I mean, the crowds were phenomenal uh, and the golf was just off the charts. It looked like, oh, my God, it's like everybody all of a sudden started making bogeys. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to look so bad on TV. And then everybody started making birdies, like everywhere. Everybody, the switch. Like, you know, Pat Perez had to get it up and down out of the last bunker, gotten up and down out of the last bunker. Um uh, DJ obviously had the two putt. Cam Smith made an unbelievable up and down to put the pressure on. So he had like a two and a half footer. But uh, and then um, Captain America. Uh, oh, Patrick Reed, yeah. Patrick Reed makes a 20, 15 footer with like six six inches of break. So it looked amazing on TV because I was literally hanging out with physio guys in the locker room. <laughs> That's right. Watching, watching the watching the golf and your your, just, your pizza guys, pizza review guys. Yeah, 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 my pizza review guys. And uh, so, yeah, we were just kind of hanging out there. And, you know, then we all went out. And it's like everybody standing there watching the ceremony is just just awesome. I mean, the energy was level was was phenomenal. So the team aspect, I think, is going to be really huge. And I think that you're going to you're going to see somebody copying that because they've been copying a lot of uh, other stuff that Liv has been doing. So, um, you know, they've gone. Obviously, they're going to limited fields more so, which is yeah. the right it's it's the right thing. I mean, I'm so it's the right thing to do. People, you know, they, you want to have the strongest fields and you know on iconic venues and um, you know they're listening to the players because that's what the players want. You know, players don't want 144 man fields every week. You know, they want the best players. And you know, let's face it. You know, I I know what Rory said uh, after the last event. He says, "Man, I you know I, I need an off season." You know, and they're looking at us having three months off, though, and, you know, we're playing too much golf. And, you know, when you have 49 tournaments in a year, you know, it's – I mean, I, I don't, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, yeah. it's – I just hope we can get together and, you know, we can just stop all the baby crap and, you know, let's just let everybody play golf. Focus on yourself and play golf because that, that's what you should – that's what does the talking is your clubs. Not your mouse. Bottom line. Well, I, I'm interested. Napa is a place that's a stop that you always loved on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And that goes without saying. I mean, you had friends there in the, in the wine country. Yeah. But but outside of that, though, what, what do you miss the most about the PGA Tour? That's a great question. Well, it's still so fresh. You know, it's it's only been a few months. Honestly, it's the friends that I've made. It's the friends that I've made around 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 this country, you know, on the PGA Tour. You know, I, I stayed with great people at Pebble Beach, my, some of my best friends, although I met them at Lake Nona, but they moved out there. The people that I stayed with at at, at in Napa, um, just the people. I mean, all the friendships. I mean, I've got great friends in Iowa from when I was caddying for Hubert and Hale. I mean, best <laughs> friends to this day. We, I mean, literally, Darren was was texting me yesterday, invited me to be a member at Naples National. When can we when can we play? You know, come when you can come down. And I'm like, you know, that's that's the biggest thing is I've made so many friends over 32 years of caddying. And 
don't get me wrong, I'm still going to see them. But it was nice to be able to go to Pebble Beach and 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 stay with my friends and have dinner with them and you know and just go back and talk and just catch up and you know that's what I'm going to miss the most. Um, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I miss the players on the PGA Tour too. I mean, and caddies. I mean, I've got a lot of good friends. You know, I was on the board for since since the inception of the APTC. Um, I didn't get voted on this year, which I didn't think I would, but, uh, it was probably good. I'm not on the board to be honest, but you know, I told Saj and I told the guys, Hey, I'm here for you. You know, this is, this is what I do. I, I want to make our profession the strong, very stronger if possible. So if there's anything I can do to help, I'm here. Um, you know, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss that part of the tour as well. Being on that board, that was, that meant a lot to me. Um, because it was, you know, at like I told you, when 31 years ago, when I decided to make this my profession, you know, I tried to make the profession better. You know, it's it's what I leave and what we leave to the people that are coming after us is that is the most important. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously the competition and the venues, the, the great venues. I mean, you know, it's, I I'm so pumped to be going back to the Greenbrier. Yeah, because literally I have 20 friends there, 20 friends there. People I stayed with, people that uh, this one guy would literally we played with him in the pro am. We became friends. We still talk to each other. Uh, they always they always have bands at their house, and so it's just going to be you know it's going to be a great week for me. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get in there. Hopefully, hopefully we're not playing the week before, so I get in there like the weekend before and just hang out with them. Um, That's beautiful country too. That's a great spot, man. Oh, it is. It's it's a. I never imagined West Virginia being that beautiful. It's a beautiful <laughs> state. No, seriously. I mean, you know, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful state. I've never really. I mean, I've driven through it before. You know, going through Morgantown and stuff like that. It's beautiful, but you, know, you just never know that the Greenbrier would be there. I mean, it's just a. It's a just a little jewel. You know, three hours, three and a half hours from DC. So, you know, and uh, yeah, so. Friends, 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 and family. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that's 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 what uh, that's probably what I'll miss. But you know, the, the real friends you stay in touch with. Yeah, and, and I guess is is there anything else to the eight the Association of uh, Professional Tour Caddies, the APTC? Um, is there anything else to that that is bittersweet? You know, being there every year like you said up in your professional career and then now it's not really a part of your life anymore so is there anything else that that makes that bittersweet at all um you know just being part of part of making making life better for the other caddies for the last seven or eight years the apt started um you know being I hate to say this but being on a lawsuit going up against the pga tour i thought was you know, for a hundred and whatever, how many, 120 or 130 guys that we had signing up for that. Uh, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. We lost. I don't know how we lost. I still don't know how we lost. I mean, I talked to, I probably talked to 30 lawyers around the world getting their opinions uh, before we even filed. And not one of them told me that we had a bad case. So I was a little shocked that we lost, but you know, it is what it is. We made things better for, for the guys, you know, coming up uh, better health insurance and, you know, um, the guys are working hard right now on, on getting more caddies to, you know, get into their retirement, starting retirement packages and stuff like that for the future, which is huge. Sag that, you know, Sag's done an amazing job being the president. 
you know, Jaden's Edmondson starting it. And, you know, it's just been great people to get in there. And, you know, we've got a, some new guys on the board, which they needed some new blood. So, um, you know, hopefully they can continue to, you know, build it and strengthen it and, you know, make make the profession more respectable. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's interesting. I think about I heard you on a podcast a couple months ago talking about PGA Tour earnings, like lifetime earnings and how Kevin Na was removed from that um, yeah. since joining live like. I, what do they do? I mean, what's, I guess, your opinion of that? Like, it's, it's obviously they're erasing uh, it from the record. It just doesn't, I don't know. I mean, I, how does it sit with you? I've lost a lot of respect for the people in the PGA Tour doing that, to be honest, because that's erasing history. You know, there's guys that are retired. Kevin, Kevin retired. He didn't sue the tour. He literally retired. He literally stepped away from the PGA Tour. And there's other guys on that. Official world ranking, they're still on there that retired. They're still on. Yeah. It. And it, it doesn't matter. You, 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 how do you race history? I mean, it's been tried. It's been, I mean, I'm not going to get into politics, but it, it, it's, it is childish. It's childish. I mean, who in their right mind made that decision? You know, and it, you'll have people that go, oh, he's, you know, he sounds like a crybaby. I said, no, it's history. You know, the, the live is. Starting history last year. It's, it's all history. It's all part of, of everybody's history. Everything we do is history. You either have the future or you have what happened in the past. And you can't erase it. Well, obviously, they think they can. And I don't I don't agree with 100%. And, and that's one of the first things I'm going to, when I see Jay Monahan, I'm going to say something to him. I say, how do you how do you think you can erase history? How do you pull it? He He retired. Let's go down this list. Look at all the people that are retired. They're still on that list. Whether you retired or not, they're part of the PGA Tour's history. How I, I just I don't I don't get it. I mean, I, I I don't get it. It was like I it was mind-boggling. When that happened, I was like, oh my God. And then I started going down the list and it's like, wow. Wait, so so you said there's other guys that are retired that are still on there? Oh, okay. So you're talking about guys that are like in their 50s or 60s, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. They're still on that list. Even if they're not active anymore. That's kind of the point you're saying, right? With them. They're not, they're not active. They're still on that list. Yeah. So if Kevin retired from the tour, he left the tour. He didn't he didn't sue the tour. He left. You know, he didn't get banned. He didn't he didn't get banned like some of the guys that, that played in an event that didn't. He literally retired himself and pulled himself off of the PG tour before he played his first event. And he didn't sue the tour either. Right. Well, whether he sued it or not really shouldn't matter. But, you know, the, the fact the fact is, is that they literally eliminated him from the history on the PGA Tour's money list. All-time money list. That's childish. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else that the tour has eliminated him from that surprised you? Like anything, you know, along those uh, lines or... This is a multi-layered thing over time, I'm sure, but uh, that was like the. I honestly, I don't know if I've researched anything else to even see it. When I saw that, I figured they they probably you know took him off of everything because I think that's what they did. I think they took everybody off of everything that that went to live. Hmm. Um, I could be mistaken, but I know that you know I know that there's people, you know that that 
played the PGA Tour that are no longer playing the PGA Tour that are on that money list. I mean, plenty of guys that are retired that are falling out of the top 50 in the world, like KJ Choi. You know, he's 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 behind Kevin, and he's still on that money list. Um, you know, there's guys. I'm sure there's guys that don't even play the Champions Tour that are no longer on that money list. That are that are still on that money list. So, um, yeah, I was shocking. I was shocked at that. I just said to myself, "Wow, that that's no class. That's a hundred percent no class." Lost a lot of respect for the PGA Tour in that one, to be honest. I mean, I'm just talking from my heart because that's what I do. I, I look you in the face and I'm going to call it. And you know, I'm going to say something to Jay when I see him. Yeah, you know, he he ain't going to care. I mean, who knows? He might not even be around. You know, who knows? I think he'll be around, but you just you never know. You know, you might get a better offer of doing something else or whatever the situation is. Uh, but yeah, that's that was one of the things that like blew me away. But I was just like, wow. Some things you can't make up, and you just can't make that one up. Yeah, like there's, and, a, there's a couple other things I can talk about the hypocrisy of the PGA Tour and the players, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna tease us a little bit on that, I mean, um... well, I can just tell you that there are a couple of players that have been very boisterous against Liv that actually asked for money to play on Liv and got turned down. Can't tell you names, but yeah. It's interesting that they would play both sides of the street, right? Like that they're seeing two opportunities, right? I mean, well, it's an opportunity. I mean, if you know, if you if you ask for a certain amount of money and you get turned down, and then you start talking about live, you know, and then there's certain individuals that played all over. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is, is you know. At first, it was Saudi Saudi money. And then they realized that, oh, wait a minute, our biggest sponsor is FedEx. <laughs> and FedEx just spent like $1.2 trillion in Saudi Arabia last year building their infrastructure. Oh, it was a bigger number than that. I forget the number. It was a huge number. And then like 17 of their tournaments are all doing business in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, they're... Hey, our own president went over there begging for oil. So there you go. <laughs> Is it pretty common knowledge on on Live Golf Tour, like who those players were that went and asked for for money and, and got turned down? Like, is that like fairly common knowledge? Would you say? Or I don't know if it's fairly common, but some people know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just man, there's just so much back and forth, and um, there's you know, a lot of hypocrisy in life. Let's just put it that way. There's a lot of hypocrisy, you know, it's um, to each his own, you know, I was just raised differently, I guess. I, I mean, I, my dad, my dad was an amazing father. I mean, he is an amazing father, still alive, but you know, he taught me as a kid, unless you got something nice to say about somebody, don't say anything at all, you know, and I try to live by that. And obviously, you know, I, I we all make mistakes and I think people are going to look back at it. And they're, they're probably going to wish that they didn't say some of the stuff that they said. Um, you know, you know, it's funny because I, I used to comment on social media and I kind of like got away from that because all yeah. the negativity and, but I've been, haters. I've been watching, uh, yeah, haters, but even like, you know, there's certain players that 
we're playing on the PGA tour and, you know, I, I, I watched the, and the comments were like in the beginning were like real positive towards them. And now they're like, all right, now you're starting to sound like a baby, you know, you know, enough is enough. And, you know, uh, I just, um, you know, you can make your point, but you shouldn't beat a drum that in the long run is not going to do you any good. I don't know. I just, I think it's pretty sad that, you know, so many friendships have been lost because of their friends leaving live for their family and making a better life for them. And they're, 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 they're just, it's not a true friend. I mean, it isn't, it's not a true friend. And you know what? You don't want those people in your life anyway. You know, it's my dad would be like, do you really want him in your life? If that's the way he's going to act, you know, if he's a friend like that and he's not happy for you and your family and for you making the best decision for you in your life. And that's the thing that bothers me the most because you've got these guys that are worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And then you got guys that are worth, and I'm not saying, you know, some guys worth 20 million, 30 million. It's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot of money, but you know, you should be happy for somebody that, that has the opportunity to be able to take care of their grandchildren and the children after that. Um, and yeah, to me, to me, yeah, I mean, to me, I think that the, the thing is, is, you know, for me, it's like I'm I'm in the ground floor of this new venture that started, you know, Kevin got me on for Golf Saudi being an ambassador right away. And, you know, I was pretty honored for that. And then I start getting all this social media and, you know, I'm a pretty tough guy. So that didn't bother me. And I start, you know, Kenny's like, everybody's like, why do you why do you comment to these people? I said, because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I says, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to stoop to their level. I'm going to be very professional. I mean, I literally, the hate stuff that you would get, I'm like, dude, just give me your address. I'll come and talk to you like a man. I said, face to face, face to face. You come and see me. I'll get you a ticket. I'll get you a ticket and you can come on in, come and check it out. I said, but stop your, your petty BS behind your phone, acting like you're a tough guy. Because if you get in front of my face, I guarantee you, you ain't going to be saying the crap you're saying, hmm. unless you got a gun in your hand. Because it's just, it's just, you know, there's so much hate in this world. And it's like, God, it's like, how does, you know, I don't. I, that's the, that's the one thing that, that's the reason why I'm not on Twitter. Because there's right. so many trolls on Twitter. And don't get me wrong, I got some on Instagram, which I'm fine with. You know, if people, people want to threaten my life. Go ahead and threaten my life. I'll tell you where I live. You can come and knock on my door. I've never been scared my whole life, and I never will be. Um, I never owned a gun until two years ago. Now I've got guns. So hmm. this world has changed. Um, but in terms of the timeline, it was it was just comments on Instagram right around the time that you joined G- Golf Saudi. Oh, yeah. It was visible oh, yeah, and yeah. wearing that hat. Golf Saudi hat, and, and, you know, and, and everything was all in the blood money and this and that. And, like, hey, I had friends that were at 9-11. You know, I had friends that lived that got out of it. And I had friends that died. And 99.9% of the people don't know anybody that died in 9-11. Because there was only, well, there was a lot of people that died. 3,500 plus. But all those terrorists, and I, I understand how many there were, and some of them were Saudi Arabia, they're all dead. Um, we killed Osama bin Laden. Um, it's okay for corporates corporations to make money being in Saudi Arabia 
but it's not okay for the players and stuff. So little hypocrisy there. I mean, you know, if, if everybody understood exactly what they consumed and what Saudi owned, you know, they'd be pretty surprised, you know, yeah. pretty surprised, but you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I, I think we made the right decision. I think this thing is going to get bigger and better. Um, I'm pumped for next year, especially for all the venues we're going to and the places we're going to, you know, I hadn't been to Australia in kind of like 25 years. Um, Singapore, I was there for one night, so I'm going to get to experience that. Never been to Spain. Um, can't wait to get there. I hear the people are amazing. Uh, so there's so many great spots. And, you know, I like when I got a, a week where I'm traveling somewhere, I like going and, and getting there early and doing things. Yeah. Immersing yourself in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I got to be I got to Thailand about five, six days early there. So when, when I head to Saudi, I'm going to stop. I've never been, I've flown into Dubai a couple of times. So I'm going to get there and spend two nights there and just tool around and see the culture. I'm not sure how much culture, but there are people from all over the world living there. So there's got to be something, but I hear it's a pretty cool place, but um, yeah, I'm going to probably get to Australia early and maybe, maybe actually play golf in the sand belt, which I hear is amazing. You know, you got all kinds of Austin McKenzie golf courses down there. Um so yeah, I've been talking to some friends. Maybe they're gonna come out for a week or two and you know, experience live. And it's amazing how many people though that that want to come out. I mean, I had two of my best friends today, Teresa and Bob, they always they always give me their house at Colonial to stay at for Colonial. Classic, um, yeah. Yeah. And then so they're like, Well, whoa, 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 we gotta go through the schedule. I said, Well, I think you know honestly i think spain's gonna be really amazing you know because they always go to hawaii for the two weeks and obviously i'm not going to be there so um yeah it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year yeah man a lot to look forward to a lot to look I forward think, to for the live go ahead yeah i think i think you know i think actually i think the masters is going to be amazing this year and i think i personally think that it's going to bring golf together. I really do. I think that the live players are going to be together. You know, obviously we were, there was a bunch of them at, at the open championship. And then um, that was right before cam joined, but uh, we're actually here already joined. I don't know. Personally. It was right before, right before. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right. So, you know, it's, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm hoping that friendships get back together. I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that, you know, golf is put ahead of all the petty crap that's going on right now. That's what I would like to see. And I would like to see people getting back together and live in the PGA tour, figuring this out because let's face it, live plays 14 events. We don't play against any of the majors. We don't play against the PGA championship or the uh, players championship. We don't play against their marquee events. There is no reason in the world that these two cannot thrive for the next hundred years. Yeah. Well, let's hope it happens. Kenny, thanks for your yeah. time. I appreciate yeah. going on the pod. Thanks for having me on buddy. Always appreciate it. All right. My thanks to Kenny Harn for joining me on the podcast. Obviously a lot to unpack with with Live Golf and, and, and where we're at right now these last few months. It's only really been about five and a half, six months that that he's been over there with with Kevin Na. But yeah, what a um 
what a stretch it's been. I, I love how his honesty, that's really always kind of one of the hallmarks of, of Kenny Harms. He's going to tell you what he thinks at bottom line, and he sticks to his guns. And that's why he's probably been so successful as a caddy over the years. But anyway, Kenny Harms, hope you guys enjoyed it here on Beyond the Clubhouse. <laughs>